0: just a a couple of remarks I suppose Easter conjures up for each one of us Easter eggs if you ask people in the street what Easter means unfortunately most of them will think of the material things that Easter brings about decorative baskets filled with little chocolate bunnies and goodies perhaps a new Easter bonnet although people seem to get new clothes much more frequently these days than they did years ago but it used to be that people got a new outfit for Easter church services families and friends visiting holidays it's all about material things sadly is is the reason that we celebrate Easter The coming of the Easter bunny. Or is it to usher in the fact that spring is here? None of these. The significance of Easter. Is to celebrate the death. And resurrection. Of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's one thing we can be sure of. That non-Christians have managed. To hijack this celebration of Easter and have taken it over, secularised it like all the other uh, events which are recorded in scripture the liberals in the churches have obviously devalued Easter as well go along with a lot of what the world teaches What people fail to grasp about Easter is the fact that God is a holy God. A holy God is repelled by evil. All sin is evil. Every sin which we commit, the smallest sin, God cannot abide. And the washing away or the cleansing. Of the precious blood of Jesus. Who cleanses us from all sin. That's the purpose why Jesus came. He came to die. He came to die for everyone. As they say in Cornwall for one and all. That includes you. That includes the worst of the worst. That includes... The scum of the earth—we all agree that those people need to be cleansed. The reprobate, the smelly homeless man, those whom the world consider to be good and righteous, He came to redeem them. The self-righteous and he came to redeem me the Bible teaches that he came the just for the unjust that he might bring us to God I don't know whether you listened to a few a few items of news here in relation to this Geoffrey John was the, the uh, clergyman who was elected to be Bishop of Reading but he had to withdraw because he was a homosexual and uh, during the week he was on Radio 4 and really his message was complete heresy he said that the Christian theology had taught that Penal substitution. The substitutionary death. Of the Lord Jesus Christ. For you and for me on the cross. That humans. That, that is. The, the, the substitution is that. Humans alienated from God. By their sins. And unable to save themselves. Could only be forgiven. By God sending the Lord Jesus Christ. His beloved son. As a substitute. To suffer and die. In our place. That's what generally people believe. That's what we believe. That Christ died the just for the unjust. That he might bring us to God. But here's what he says. In other words. Jesus took the rap. And we got forgiven. As long as we said. We believed in him. He says. This is repulsive. Repulsive as well as nonsensical it makes God sound like a psychopath if a human behaved like this we'd say that he was a monster that's what he believes about the substitutionary death of the Lord Jesus Christ he serves as the Dean of St Albans and he was he went into a civil partnership with the reverend Grant Holmes a hospital chaplain in last August he rejects penal substitution and he came up with his own ideas he said too many Christians fail to understand God is about love and truth God is not about wrath and punishment Well, perhaps he'll get an eye-opener some of these times. How right Peter was. But there were false prophets also among the people, even as there shall be false teachers among you, who privily shall bring in damnable heresies, even denying the Lord that bought them, and bring upon themselves swift destruction, and many shall follow their pernicious ways." by reason of whom the way of truth shall be evil spoken of that's been brought about I listened to the Sunday program this morning and there were people lining up to agree with this man Geoffrey John another bit of news I thought was interesting was the fact that in, in Germany there's a big church there a Roman Catholic church that Saint Theodore And they recently took up a collection. Now was the collection for a mission? Was it to help uh, the poor in Africa? Or maybe to build another one of their churches? No. They took up a collection to help build a new Islamic mosque in the city. The mosque will be one of Germany's largest. With room for more than 3,000 worshippers. And here we have the Roman Catholic Church taking up a collection to help them build a mosque. You know, we're told by many of the liberal side of the churches that the Roman Catholic Church is less apostate than it was. It's more apostate than it was in Luther's time. The Catholic Church since Luther have taken on so many other false heresies. They believe that God, Jehovah of the Bible, is the same as Allah. And that Allah and God, the same people, the same person, will be mankind's judge on the last day. The Roman Catholic Catechism states that. And yet we're told that is less apostate than it actually was in previous times it's actually more it still holds all the heresies that it did before and sadly added to it those are just two little pieces there was a bit actually just showing the opposite side of that two Christians were murdered in Ethiopia and Nigeria last week Gombe, Nigeria in March, in the end of March Muslim students lynched a female Christian teacher to death after accusing her of desecrating the Koran. An Ethiopian preacher on March the 26th who was sharing the gospel on a public street was murdered. He was walking in front of a mosque in the town of Jima when a group of Muslims confronted him, pulled him into the mosque and beat him to death and there we are sad, sad things are getting so much worse within some of the churches so let's go back to uh, Deuteronomy chapter 4 I'm going to read from verse 9 a bit of reading to do today and we'll try and get through today as quickly as possible time is going already only take heed to thyself, and keep the soul, thy soul diligently. Lest thou forget the things which thine eyes have seen, unless they depart from thy heart all the days of thy life, but teach them to thy sons and thy sons' sons, to thy children and thy grandchildren. Especially the day that thou stoodest before the Lord thy God in Horeb. When the Lord said unto me, gather me the people together and I will make them hear my words that they may learn to fear me all the days that they shall live upon the earth and that they may teach their children and he came near and stood under the mountain and the mountain burned with fire unto the midst of heaven with darkness and clouds and thick darkness the Lord spake unto you out of the midst of the fire ye heard the voice of the words but saw no similitude only ye heard a voice and he declared unto you his covenant which he commanded you to perform even ten commandments and he wrote them upon two tables of stone the ten commandments there is just Indicative of the whole covenant that God gave at that particular time, which included the Ten Commandments. And the Lord commanded me at that time to teach you statutes and judgments, that ye might do them in the land whither ye go over to possess it. Take ye therefore good heed unto yourselves, for ye saw no manner of similitude on the day that the Lord spake unto you in Horeb out of the midst of the fire, lest Take heed then, lest ye corrupt yourselves, and make you a graven image. The similitude of any figure, the likeness of male or female, the likeness of any beast that is on the earth, the likeness of any winged fowl that flieth in the air, the likeness of anything that creepeth on the ground, the likeness of any fish that is in the waters beneath the earth, and lest you lift up thine eyes unto heaven, and when thou seest the sun and the moon and the stars, even all the host of heaven, you should, be, you should be driven to worship them and serve them which the Lord thy God hath divided unto all nations under the whole heaven. But the Lord hath taken you and brought you forth out of the iron furnace, even out of Egypt. To be unto him a people of inheritance, as ye are this day. This passage was a real challenge to the children of Israel. He's saying remember, remembrance. A time to remember. Remember what happened at Mount Sinai. Now this had happened when Moses was speaking here. This had happened about forty years previously, but now they were ready to go into the promised land, and he was reminding them of what had happened at at Mount Sinai when, when the law and the commandments were given. We reminded ourselves last week that this week is in fact the week when the Jewish people were remembering Passover time of remembrance. In the breaking of bread, communion, the Lord's table, what do we do? We remember. This morning is the day when we remember the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. In life, it is sometimes good to remember. But sadly, our memories are not always happy ones. Don't know whether you ever remember that poem, did you learn it? I remember, I remember the house where I was born, the the little window where the sun came creeping in at morn. He never came a wink too soon, nor brought too long a day. But now I often wish the night had borne my breath away. I remember, I remember the fir trees, dark and high. I used to think their slender tops were close against the sky. It was a childish ignorance, but now 'tis little joy to know I'm farther off from heaven than when I was a boy. The sad poem. This poet, at the end of his life, just wished he'd been taken earlier how different from Paul he said I have fought the fight I have run the course henceforth for me there is laid up a crown the difference when we have the Lord Jesus Christ in our lives we look forward to hearing his voice saying well done good and faithful servant. enter into the joy of thy Lord all oh, this man could say, But now it is little joy to know I'm farther off from heaven than when I was a boy. Just, Moses is here reminding the people to remember. Look at verse 9. It says, Only take heed to thyself. You know, there are, Take heed, that little expression is mentioned about 55 times in Scripture. Take heed. Someday it might be a very good study to go through all the take heeds. (laughs) Let's get Deuteronomy out of the way first (laughs) before we think of something else. But, you know, when Scripture says take heed, and when God said take heed, People should sit up and listen. Take heed to this. Get a grip of this. In First Timothy four, just as a, I'm not going to start going through all the take heeds, but First Timothy four, there's one: take heed to thyself, Paul says to Timothy, and unto the doctrine, continue in them. Take heed to yourself. And the doctrine which he had been proclaiming to Timothy. Take heed to it. For in doing this thou shalt save thyself and them that hear thee. Take heed to yourself. This is what Moses said. Take heed to yourself and keep thy soul diligently. We have to remember To take heed. Keep thy soul diligently, lest you forget the things your eyes have seen. We have to keep reminding ourselves of the good things that God has done for us in the past. Remember, forget not, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Remember his benefits. Remember what he has done. Take heed to yourself, it says. It's quite personal, isn't it? Before we can be any of you any use in the service of our master, we must get ourselves right before God. Take heed to thyself and keep thy soul diligently. Depart from evil and do good. Take heed to yourself. Get yourself right. So we should keep our souls diligently. Hard working, industrious, careful, and steady. That's what it means. That's why it says depart from evil and do good, seek peace and pursue it. Keep thy soul diligently. I like in First in Peter 1 verse 10 there's a passage and it says about the prophets of old when they were writing all these things which they were told by the spirit to write about the coming Messiah they searched diligently to try and find out when this was going to take place it says of which salvation the prophets have inquired and searched diligently they prophesied of the grace that should come unto you and they searched diligently and do you know what that means in that particular instance they wished to find out and they searched and searched and searched and they searched and the, 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 the thought behind it is like a dog a bloodhound Searching through everything, trying to find the scent that would lead them to understand what they were actually prophesying. And that's what we are told to do with Scripture. We have to search the Scriptures diligently, like a bloodhound, searching out the truth of God's Word. How oh, we like that. Paul. Uh, tells us or it says in acts about the Bereans they were a group of people and when they heard the word of God they went back and checked up on it they checked up on it to see if what the apostles were saying was true everything I say check up on it to see what we say is true don't take everybody's word at face value go back to the scriptures and check up on it take heed be a Berean one other, uh, take heed just a matter of interest in 1st Timothy 5.22 keep thyself pure it says keep thyself pure take heed and keep yourself pure again Paul speaking to Timothy keep ourselves our walk, our doctrine pure non adulterated pure why is it good why is this verse telling us as good for us as it was for the people there to take heed and be diligent why so that you do not forget the things which your eyes have seen and they do not depart from your heart all the days of your life if you remember them then you will be able to make them known to your sons and your grandsons. Keep them in your heart. If you keep remembering these things... You know, when we're learning poetry in school, we didn't just read it over the first time and that was it. Some people could. You have to keep on remembering it and remembering it. I I learned a lot. Every day of my life in school, I was taught some Irish we always had Irish throughout the day all the times it started in school from the, from the one and one times tables one and one or two a hain is a hain is a do a is a do is a three a hain is a three is a car I remember part of it but because I haven't been remembering it I've forgotten a lot of it we need to keep on remembering God's word get it into our hearts and then we'll be able to Translate that and tell it to our sons and our sons <clears throat> and everybody else. How necessary it was, it says, to teach the children those important commandments and words of God. We were just saying a few minutes ago when we were talking that so many children today do not know the basics. They don't know anything about the commandments of God. We were, we were taught them in school in Sunday school but even secular school we learn great hunks of scripture which are stood by the people who learned it but now the children just don't know then he goes on he reminds them of this particular time when the people saw that awesome sight at Sinai he says remember the day in verse 10 Remember the day you stood before the Lord your God at Horeb. When the Lord said, "Get all the people together, and you came and you stood at the foot of the mountain. They all stood around this mountain. And the mountain burned with fire, to the great, to the very heart of the heavens. darkness, cloud, in thick gloom, the Lord spoke to you from the midst of the fire. Can you imagine it? Thunder and lightnings, and darkness, and the voice of God coming out from the midst of the mountain. You heard the sound of words, but you saw no form, only a voice. And he declared unto you his covenant which he commanded you to perform. That is the Ten Commandments. And he wrote them on two tablets of stone. And the Lord commanded me at that time to teach you statutes and judgments. That you might perform them in the land where you are going over to possess. Isn't that amazing? They are going now to possess the land. And God had given them the rules and regulations by which they were to live. This all happened in Exodus. Exodus chapter 19. This is what they were referring back to. Moses had gone up to the mountain in verse 3. Moses went up into the mountain and God spoke to him. He says, I have kept you, I have borne you up on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. They were a very special people. They were the apple of God's eye. And now he said, you will need, you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant. If you do that, then you shall be my own possession among all the peoples for all the earth is mine if you will indeed obey my voice and you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation these are the words that you shall speak to the children of Israel and so Moses came down the mountain and he told them what God had said and in verse 8 it says all that the Lord has spoken we will do wasn't that great all that God had spoken we'll do it Moses went back up to God he reported and God said I am going to speak to the people get them ready Get them sanctified, cleanse themselves, because I want to speak to them and speak to them through the clouds. Three days' time, I'm going to speak to the people. Get them ready. He says, "Tell them to come to the mountain. Tell them not to put a foot near the mountain. Anyone." Touches this mountain, if an animal touches this mountain, they shall be put to death. When the ram's horn sounds a long blast, they shall come up to the mountain, gathering round this mountain. So Moses went down and he got the people ready and they arrived and they stood at the foot of the mountain. Verse 18. Now Mount Sinai was all in smoke because the Lord descended upon it with fire and its smoke ascended like the smoke of a furnace and the whole mountain quaked violently and the sound of the trumpet grew louder and louder Moses spoke and God answered him with thunder. The Lord came down to Mount Sinai, to the top of the mountain. And the Lord called to Moses to the top of the mountain. And Moses went up. What a picture. What a privilege these people had. But you know, it was frightening. Moses said that he was frightened. And the people were so afraid that they said to Moses you speak to God on our behalf. Speak for us. Because they were quaking. And at that time the law and the covenants were given. A new covenant was being ushered in. And that's why Moses was reminding them, back again, to Deuteronomy 4. He reminded them that this was a new start. God was giving them the law, and the law was the way they were to live in the future. And it's strange, in Deuteronomy 4, Moses then zooms in on idolatry. God knew that the weak spot that was going to be with these people that they were going to be tempted to worship other gods at Sinai there had been no vision of God they didn't see God but you know mankind from earliest times seems to have always wanted To see the object of their worship. People love to see signs and wonders. But that is not the Christian walk. As scripture tells us. For the Christian our life is a walk of faith. We walk by faith and not by sight. And so at Sinai, God introduces a law forbidding idolatry, the making of images in worship. Do you know something? Within a very short space of time, despite the fact that the children had said we will obey what God has said, within a short space of time, the children of Israel were making a calf of gold and seeking to worship it today is the same look at all the pomp and ceremony the rituals, the colour the incense, the altars all because people want to see evidence of God visually in churches that purport to teach and keep the Ten Commandments what do we see? all around are pictures images, stained glass windows and the like all in direct conflict with those self-same commandments we are not satisfied with the truth of God's word the indwelling presence of his Holy Spirit we want to see and touch just like Thomas remember Thomas oh he said it's all right for you fellas you've seen the Lord Jesus I'll never be happy until I put my hands into the scars remembering is not enough <clears throat> Jesus said <clears throat> blessed are they that have not seen and yet have believed Exodus twenty twenty three 23 says ye shall not make unto me gods of silver neither shall ye make unto you gods of gold and then oddly in Deuteronomy on to say lest you lift up your eyes to heaven don't worship anything in the heavens you shall not make unto me gods of silver and when they were to worship the altar on which they were to worship God says in Exodus 20 the altar of earth as you shall make We have two types of altars. Either you make an altar of earth or you make an altar of stone. And if you make an altar of stone, (coughs) don't use cut stone. Don't elaborate on the stones. Don't make the stones look beautiful. If you make an altar of stone, thou shalt not build it of hewn stone. Rough stones the order of the day. Why? Because it was going to mean that man was putting something of himself into the altar. And man cannot do anything in his worship of God that is of his self. We cannot do anything to improve on what God has laid down in scripture. A law which showed that man cannot please God by adding anything of his sinful nature in the worship of God. What do we see in churches that have altars? Which they should not have in any case, but they are elaborate, cut stone objects which are totally against the Word of God. How often we seek today to add to God's Word by adding our ideas to the grace of God by grace are ye saved through faith and that not of yourselves it is the gift of God they stood around the mountain they saw the glory of God they saw his commandments they saw his awesomeness and they failed miserably in a very short space of time they were doing exactly what God told them not to do worshipping a golden calf the law had been broken almost as soon as it was given do you remember Moses came down with and he broke the tablets of stone because the law was already broken and he was only bringing it down to them and now 40 years later they were going into the promised land make sure you do not make idols again that's what he was telling them don't make the same mistakes over again remember what happened Do not worship the false gods of the nations round about you. And then he says in chapter 4 of Deuteronomy, don't lift your eyes up to heaven and start worshiping the sun and the moon and the stars. Don't be drawn away to worship them. And you know, just by the way, have a look at Job chapter 31. This is just, by the way, it's an interesting little point here. It just shows you how evil continues right through to the present day Job chapter 31 and verse 25 and 26 Job is saying if I had done certain things I could see why all this should have happened Job had to suffer a lot and he says if I gloated because my wealth was great and because my hand had secured me so much if I had looked at the sun in verse 26 of chapter 31 if I had looked at the sun I think that's the right uh, yes if I had looked at the sun when it shone or the moon going in splendor and my heart had become secretly enticed that means that he suddenly thought he would worship them if I'd done that, and here's what he says if my hand threw a kiss from my mouth, that too would have been an iniquity calling for judgment. He said, Have I done these things? And what does it mean? Well, I'll tell you you know, when you have a little baby, and the little baby's saying goodbye to his granny, and the mum says, wave goodbye to granny blow a kiss and the baby puts his hand to the mouth and waves at granny that's what it is here if my hand threw a kiss from my mouth that was the way they worshipped they put their hands to their mouth and worshipped the sun by raising their hand and we still do that it's not amazing thousands and thousands of years Job is one of the oldest books but God says don't worship anything apart from him that's the thing, don't trifle with a little sin we said last week let's move forward move forward many years and we see another mountain this time we see Calvary we see a cross and the man who is nailed to the cross is none other than the Son of God who had so magnificently and terrifyingly appeared in the cloud and darkness on Mount Sinai and the Son of God is on a cross and again we read if we look through that there stood by that mountain by that cross people who who were looking at this spectacle. And again, in Luke 23, there was a darkness over all the earth from the sixth hour until the ninth hour. This darkness hung over Calvary, Mount Calvary. God again acted and shrouded this mountain in darkness as his Son became an offering for sin shedding his precious blood for you and for me for as much as ye know that ye were not redeemed with corruptible things such as silver and gold from our vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers but by the precious blood of the Lord Jesus Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot The blood of Jesus Christ was being shed on the cross. And God shrouded that scene in darkness. So that no human eye could see the suffering when he bore the wrath of God for you and for me. If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ cleanseth us from all sin. Revelation 1, 5 and 6. Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead, and the ruler of the kings of the earth, to him who loves us and released us from our sins by his blood. And he has made us to be a kingdom of priests, to his God and Father, to him be the glory and dominion forever and ever. Oh yes god said he wanted his his people to be his own particular people his own peculiar people but we have been made kings and priests unto god the wrath of god was poured out on the lord jesus christ at Calvary it says the waves and billows of the wrath of god flowed over him we look back at mount sinai it was all in smoke and darkness when God descended on that mountain in fire. The smoke of a furnace. And the whole mountain quaked. If we look at Hebrews 12, Hebrews 12 and verse 18 onwards, I read it in the New American Standard. It's a commentary on what happened in Exodus and to which Moses referred in Deuteronomy 4 the difference between the two mountains for you have not come to a mountain it says in Hebrews that can be touched and to a blazing fire and to darkness and gloom and whirlwind but you've come to and to the blast of a trumpet you haven't come to that The sound of words, which sound was such that those who heard begged that no further word be spoken to them. They were terrified. For they could not bear the command, if even a beast touched the mountain, it will be stoned. And so terrible was the sight that Moses said, I am full of fear and trembling. We don't come to that frightening sight we come to Mount Zion and to the city of the living God the heavenly Jerusalem and the myriads of angels and to the assembly of and the church of the firstborn who are enrolled in heaven and to God the judge of all and to the spirits of the righteous made perfect we come it says in verse 24 to Jesus oh such a difference We come to one who loves us and gave himself for us. He's the mediator of the new covenant. And to the sprinkled blood. We come to the Lord Jesus Christ. Who brought in a new covenant. In his blood. Sinai brought in the old covenant. Calvary brought in the new covenant the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ ushered in an other dispensation the age of grace the old covenant of the law was giving way to a new covenant in the blood of the Lord Jesus he said this is the new covenant in my blood remember he said that and when he cried it is finished the work of redemption was complete finished the debt was cancelled Paid for in full. His blood had been shed. And the veil of the temple was ripped apart. And access to God through the blood of Jesus. Was gained. A very real and practical demonstration. Of what was happening out on the mountain of Calvary. When Jesus Christ died for you and for me. And this morning we remember his shed blood. And his glorious resurrection. Resurrection two mountains lastly because of that death of Christ those who believe in him will one day stand around the spiritual mount Zion around the throne of God how? through the blood of the Lamb it's the only way we have access to God through the blood of the Lord Jesus it is all about the blood of the Son of God Revelation 4.6 And I beheld and lo in the midst of the throne and of the four beasts and in the midst of the elders stood a lamb as it had been slain having seven horns and seven eyes which the seven spirits of God sent forth to all the earth and it goes on and they sung a new song thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof why? for thou wast slain and has redeemed us to God by thy blood out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation, and has made us unto our gods, kings and priests. Oh yes, in Sinai God said that the people were a particular people. But now we have been brought nigh by the blood of the Lord Jesus, and we are kings and priests, and we shall reign on the earth, and I beheld and heard the voice of many angels round about the throne, And the beasts and the elders, and the number of them was ten thousand times ten thousand, and thousands of thousands. Saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength, and honour and glory and blessing, and every creature which is in heaven and on the earth and upon the earth, and under the earth, such as are in the sea, and all that are in them, heard I saying, Blessing and honour and glory and power be unto him that sitteth upon the throne and unto the Lamb forever and ever. And The four beasts said Amen and the four and twenty elders fell down and worshipped him that liveth forever and ever. We will one day fall down before the throne and before the one who was slain and liveth forever and ever. Moses told the Israelites to remember when God spoke to them. We remember Calvary when God poured out his wrath upon his beloved son. I look forward to being in glory and gazing upon the face of the one who shed his blood for me. Face to face with Christ my Saviour Face to face, what will it be when with rapture I behold him, Jesus Christ, who died for me? Amen.